It's Friday. Almost in November. <laughs> Probably because I'm looking forward to November. But it's really October. It's October the 9th. I had planned on doing a podcast where I have prayed. I prayed. And, and basically, podcast where I just prayed. It probably only would have been maybe three minutes long, three or four minutes long. Because over the years, I've grown to a place where I don't really drag my prayers out. I used to when I first started praying back in 2001. I really, really started praying then. I had these long five, ten minute prayers. I just repeat myself over and over again. These long, drawn out public prayers. I guess over the years, I, when it comes to praying publicly, I don't pray that long. In private, I don't, I don't really pray that long. One of my favorite movies is Meet Joe Black. In case you've never seen it, I I highly recommend the movie. Um, It stars Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins, two of my favorite actors, easily. And Brad Pitt plays a guy who, his body's been inhabited by the angel of death who visits Anthony Hopkins and basically says he's on holiday. Taking a vacation from his duties as deaf. <laughs> and he wants Anthony Hopkins' character to be his guide. Let him, let deaf experience life from before he takes Anthony Hopkins' character away. It's a good movie. It's It can feel like a chick flick, but I like story-driven movies, and I, the premise of it originally caught my attention back when the movie first came out. And then I watched the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I like it a lot. I just got done watching the clips. I've, for the past couple of days, I've been watching clips on YouTube. And I just finished watching the clip of the end of the movie. And a light hit me. No, I'm not going to pray <laughs> on my podcast this week. What hit me about the ending of the movie is the celebration of life and the gratitude that was shown for the quote-unquote extra time Anthony Hopkins' character was given and the, the time that death was allowed the experiences that death gained while he's basically roaming earth within Brad Pitt's body. 
made some echoes. I'm walking through my residence. I've gotten to a point where I don't really sit down. But in the end, it was about gratitude. It was about having enjoyed life. It was about having that feeling of basically having lived. I look at my life right now and in a lot of ways, I'm happy. I'm enjoying my life. I feel like I'm living. I recently just found out that I got a promotion at my job. But that knowledge was overshadowed greatly by the love and the shared excitement of my friends and family. I haven't told my kids. If either one of them listens to the podcast, this would be the first time that they hear about it. In my life, I have made some bad decisions that have cost me a lot. In my life, I've made it a point to take the lessons that I learned from the consequences of those bad decisions and apply them, while also being open about sharing those things. To say that I have regrets would be a lie. I don't have any regrets. I don't really feel any guilt about anything. I have annoyances, but not really guilt. Maybe there are some things that I wish I can change. And then I had that moment where I go, man, I wish I change that. And then the next one I go, you know what? When I look at the result, when I look at what came of that, am I really, do I really want to change that? No, not really. So I don't don't have any lingering guilt behind anything anymore. I've experienced a lot, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. I've taken my fair share of losses had my manhood questioned not just by others but by me and yet here I am in the year 2020 still standing here I am one day removed from signing an offer letter accepting my promotion here I am not even 24 hours removed from receiving the outpouring of Love. And a lot of that love might have been congratulations and likes and heart emojis and things like that. But 
in a lot of that, in almost all of that, there's love. There's an embrace. There's a community. And I've spent a lot of time over the course of since 2001, I want to say, same time I started praying, building up a community in my life, whether it be for accountability purposes, excuse me, whether it be for accountability purposes or because um, there's this Bible scripture where it says a wise king has many counselors. And I do have a lot of counselors. I feel like I feel like I I do. People I talk to on a regular. People I may not talk to on a regular, but in the same fashion that I know I can call them, it's the same fashion they know they can call me. But I feel like I've lived a full life. Well, I don't want to say I've lived a full life. Lord willing, I have a lot of life to go. But right now, I'm in a position where I'm so used to dealing with or trying to survive or make it through a situation to have this time of enjoyment, this time of peace, this time of things paying off. It, it's, it causes me sometimes to pause and go, is there another shoe that may drop? Well, if there is, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to not think about that, and I'm going to enjoy this time, enjoy this moment, enjoy life. I come from the south side of Chicago. That's where I'm that's where I was born and raised. I've had the honor and the privilege of knowing some great people, working with some great people, going and living in different states and enjoying the vibe, the vibrant vibrancy of life. I have the honor and the privilege to know and have great people in my life even now. Sometimes I think, sometimes I I think I don't do enough for my parents. Sometimes I think I'm, I, not doing enough for my kids. 
sometimes in general, I think I could do more. Having conversations with my ex-wife, there's a very strong distinction made between who I was at home and who I who who I was at work. I find myself when I was in culinary, I was very business minded a lot of times. I made some mistakes when I stepped out of that frame. And then when I did make those mistakes, I stepped back into that frame. Where I approached everything with a very business-like attitude. I work a job now where I don't have to do that. But I also don't do the things that would be considered mistakes on my part. Even though, to be quite honest and frank, I'm not very happy with my job currently. I'm looking very much looking forward to my promotion because it'll be to a different building. Looking forward to a fresh start. Again, I have no regrets. I remember that way. Excuse me. I remember the times very vividly where guilt would overpower me and I was sinking to a depression. And I would seek out empathy and to be and to receive sympathy and I was led to listen to this audiobook by T D Jakes about empathy and how it can become an addiction and how we want we tell our stories to people in such a way to make us seem as if we are the injured party or to make us seem so woe is me, just so we can get that pat on the back, just so we can get someone to tell us it'll be okay. After reading that book, I should look up the title of that book, but I do believe I deleted Audible from my phone. (laughs) Or I'm probably not signed into that account. But after reading that book, or listening to it, rather, I came to the conclusion of I am, I was that person that was seeking out empathy and I strove to make it a point. I was called Reposition Yourself, Living Life Without Limits. That was the name of the book. Or was it sore? I don't think it was either one of those actually. <laughs> but uh, 
I definitely have to look that up and I'll be sure because it's probably on my other Audible account, not my main one, because I carry two different Audible accounts. Take advantage of the free trial and all. But I feel like once I started to not seek out empathy and to look within myself at my own issues, take accountability for my choices, it changed the way I view things and it changed the way that I proceeded to enjoy life. Because my before, before I read that book, my enjoyment of life was based on what having that person who you can do it, you know you can do it, you have it in you. My life was based around that. After that book, it became, I know I can do it. <clears throat> I know I can accomplish this. I know I am better than what I'm doing. That was my fault. I made the mistake. I can own that. I didn't want to be the victim anymore. The flip side of that coin is while I was removing my thing for trying to receive sympathy and empathy, I also was able to look at people differently and stop giving people sympathy and empathy who were trying to receive it. No, what you're going through is the result of your choices. Only your choices. The reason why you're going through it is because of this, something you did. But thankfully, God, in his infinite wisdom, imparted some of that to me just enough so that I can pick my battles wisely. I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt, but I do know I cannot tell you to hold yourself accountable because it's going to turn into a fight and you're going to want to fight me. I know I can tell you because because there may be an itch to fight it at first, but you're going to leave me room to explain so that way you can see the bigger picture because yes, I've been where you are right now, walking with the horse blinders on or the narrow lens of life on and not seeing the full picture. Because in the end, once you, I've learned once you see the full picture, you view things differently. I know I've so far had the pleasure of viewing things differently, not just how the action just affects me, but also how the action affects those associated with me, those who want to be close to me, those who are close to me, and not just my media circle, but there's a ripple effect that goes from that. 
You have to see how your actions affect the universe. <laughs> because the universe has its checks and balances. The universe has laws of equilibrium. Equal everything. What you reap is what you sow is a prime example of that. You sow the destruction. Destruction is what you reap. You sow the you sow to the goodness and the righteousness, then goodness and righteousness is what you'll reap. The universe is built on the laws of plus and minus, all things being equal. Therefore, if you commit to an action, there is a ripple effect. That proceeds from that. Let's go to what may seem like an extreme example, but in this day and age, unfortunately, is a very widespread example. A young child is beaten, abused. In some form or another, that child grows up to be an abuser and therefore abuses their child, maybe abuses themselves. And that keeps going on and on and that cycle keeps going and on and on and on. Not to be preachy, but the Bible talks about this. God talked about this, generational curses. It's a ripple effect. A lot of divorces happen because a person who was abused wasn't a wasn't allowed the time to deal with that to break that curse. And so it is passed on where the spouse is abused and the spouse wants to leave and then the child sees the breakup of the home and or the, or the father of the child leaves the mother with the child and the child grows up in a single parent home and the child sees because in a lot of ways women are some of and i'm gonna say it women are some of the greatest generational curse breakers alive because how many men grow up and the first thing they say is my mom inspired me by her hard work by her willingness to defend the home by her desire to make sure that I did not go through what she went through. And I come from a two-parent home with a dad who, you know, I ain't gonna go too far into it, but my natural father wasn't in my life, but my dad, my stepdad, he basically pushed for me to get to know him that was his way of trying to break a generational curse. To get to know my natural father, which I did do, which ironically I was already trying to do, I had just kind of quit because of the way my natural father, my biological father was, is, I don't know how you want to word that. I don't know where he's at right now, so there's that. But that was him trying to break the generational curse that sat upon me so that I did not wind up like my natural father, my biological father. 
which ultimately, in all honesty, I did. I wound up making a lot of choices. I wound up doing the same things that I saw in him that I disliked. So I wound up doing those things. And now I'm trying to impart those same things onto my my son. Because every time I look at my son, every time I look at my daughter, I see two sides of the same coin. And that coin being me. Because it feels like when I listen to them get talked about, when I listen to them talk, when I see them in action, I see two different sides of the same coin. And that's not me being arrogant. Because they both display attributes of both myself and their biological mother. Whether they want to admit that or not. But at some point, you, they'll have to learn the same thing that I have to learn. That I had to learn. And that's let empathy go and you will see how much more improved your life will become because then you hold yourself accountable you will make better choices you will do things and see things in a totally different light and the same goes for all of us let empathy go stop presenting your life as if you are the victim. I see it a lot. I see it a lot. A man gets with a woman, the question inevitably comes up, well, how come you're no longer with your ex? The man will present his side of the story as if he's the victim. The woman will present her side of the story as if she's the victim. It becomes a relationship of built off of empathy and sympathy and a desire to receive both. A child does something wrong. The parent's job at that point becomes they have to make sure that the child understands that what they did was their fault. But what does the child see? I'm being yelled at. They're the victim. Right now, we are a country in crisis. I ain't going to go political, but (laughs) But I will tell you this much. I didn't have to shuck and jive to get where I'm at. I stayed me. 
are focused on doing the job. My aim at every job that I worked at was to make it so difficult for you to tell me no, that in order for you to tell me no, you had to expose your bias. You had no choice but to expose your bias against me in order to tell me no. And that drive, that desire, that want to put myself in that position came as a result of part of a prayer that I made to God. And I said, God, make me a light in this dark world. Do I dwell in darkness from time to time? Sure I do. But when it comes to working, you cannot tell me no without exposing your bias against me. You cannot tell me no without having to lie to me. You can't tell me no without giving me an explanation that makes logical sense. You can't tell me no without exposing the fact that you're hiding behind company policy to do it. Because the funny thing is, I'm dealing with that right now. And that's a major reason why I want out of the building that I'm at. And I didn't find I did not find out about the latest incident until I checked the company that I work for app application app on my phone. And I saw I got told no. And I won't know the full story till I confront the person about it on Sunday when I go back to work. So if you ask anybody who know me, because here's an admission right here, I was in prison for three years. So if you ask anybody who knows me, and I'm not going to gloss over it because I almost just did, but I was in prison for three years. Not going to go into what happened, but I was there. Essentially, I've never once complained. Oh man, the system's holding me down. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to put anybody's business out there, but I know murderers who have good jobs right now. Because they didn't focus on the obstacle. They didn't focus on the obstacle as a negative. They focused on the obstacle as very much positive. How to overcome it. Same thing with me. I didn't focus on it as a negative. What I focused on is being an inspiration, being an example, 
because the system can do what it can to try and hold you back at the end of the day on some level some level and there are going to be people who have my skin color that will hate that i'm about to say this on some level we have to make it to the point where this system cannot tell us no without exposing just how corrupt and biased it is And these are the hallmarks of me being a black man in this country. I can say I'm living. I am living. I am living proof that it's possible to bounce back from crazy mistakes. I am living life in spite of what other people may think I should be living my life. I'm living my life because, damn it, why not? This is a small example. I'm a, I play video games. The Xbox Series X and the PS5 are both coming out. There's this YouTuber that I watch that I, I, I think a lot of you should watch. His name is TJ Millionaire Mentor. I watch his videos a lot. A lot of them are car-based, but... In almost every video, in the words of another YouTuber that I watch, his name is uh, Tall Guy Car Reviews, you may catch a little nugget of information in that video that'll catch you. And in this particular video, I was watching with TJ Millionaire Mentor, he was going to go buy a Dodge Demon. A Dodge Demon. Dodge Demon is the fastest production car in, I'll just say, America right now. Thing does over 800 horses, go up to 1,000. You get the factory, well, I think if you get the factory tune, it's, it's over, it's about 850 or something like that. But this thing was built to go straight line thing was built to go so hard that if you pump it you hit it that thing will pop a willy as soon as you hit it Vin Diesel fast and furious style willy that thing can go and it's also a six figure car and it had a limited run one year, maybe less than a thousand models made. Maybe, uh, maybe less. Maybe, maybe three less between a thousand and three thousand. I don't know the exact numbers. But he was going to buy a car, Dodge Demon. And Targa Car Reviews, he was like, I could get the Demon because he already has a, a Hellcat. Because everybody wonders, the Hellcat is my dream car. I would love to have a Dodge. Hellcat, let me tell you. I would love to have a Dodge Hellcat. 
preferably the, the red eye. <laughs> I love to have a red eye. That's a step below the demon. But at over 700 horses, and that bad boy looks like it drives so slick. Beautiful car, beautiful machine. I love watching videos about it. I love seeing it on the road. I've seen it on the road out here where I live at. That would probably be the only American-made car I would cons- I, I would get. I wouldn't even consider it. If I had the money for one, I'd have one. But at over 70 grand, uh, it's a bit too big for my pockets, homie. But him and Target Car Reviews are having a conversation because Target Car Reviews, he was thinking about getting a Lamborghini Aventador. So, um, but the place that they went to, they had a red Dodge Demon and a yellow Dodge Demon. And TJ, me and their mentor was like, yo, you know, you should get the yellow one because Target Car Reviews is light-skinned. So they were joking about that. And Tar guy was just basically like, you know, I can only get either or. TJ meeting that mentor was like, whenever I have a situation where I have to choose between either or, my thought process is why not get both? Of course, TJ meeting that mentor, fat pockets. He's a millionaire, multi-millionaire dude, so he could afford to get both. Tar guy was just like, you know what? You can pay for this Dodge Demon in full right now. Me, I'm going to need to sign some paperwork. <laughs> Talking about getting a loan. Pockets are different. But at the same time, here are two men having a conversation. But they live in. And a part I want to focus on is the little giblet, in the words of Tyler Car Reviews, because he calls those nuggets of nuggets of knowledge and inspiration giblets. That little giblet caught my attention. Why not have both? I used to say, why can't I have it all? Why can't I? Why can't I have the good job, the wonderful wife? A good and happy life. Why can't I have it all? And then I realized why can't I? What's stopping me? But me. So why not have both? Start getting my bills paid on time, start getting things taken care of, arrange things, start viewing life different. Da, 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 da. Why can't I be a whole person? Why can't I have wholeness spiritually, mentally, and physically? Why can't I have both? But before I could start having both, my mentality had to change about my life instead of viewing life as a path where, a path going forward to death, I started viewing life as it's not so much about the end, it's about the journey. And if I'm going to have this journey, Lord willing, let me enjoy it. But let me do it the right way, man. 
life. And I see the ripple effect. I see the ripple effect. Because the universe has to have balance. And I see the ripple effect. People that are close to me are happy. They're happy happy to have me around. I'm happy to have them around. I don't enjoy misery at all. Misery loves company. I don't want to I don't want to come over. I don't want to come to your house. You face your issues, you face your demons and you look them dead square in the face and you confront them and you don't blink. There's this line. I'm, I'm going to finish it with this. There's this one DC animated movie where the Justice League goes to an alternate universe to take on an evil Justice League. And every Justice League is Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern, and all of them. Flash. In this alternate universe, there's evil versions of themselves. In this alternate universe, and this, according to this movie, Batman's evil version was Owl Man. Our man was intent after he found out about the multiverse to go to Earth Prime because there was one single Earth that if you destroyed that Earth, you destroyed all reality. And his intention was he was going to go to Earth Prime and blow up this giant planet killing newt to take out all of all reality. Batman transported himself to this Earth where him and Our man got into a fight. Batman was getting his ass kicked. So let's imagine our man is that darkness, that misery that you need to confront. And Batman is you. Our man was kicking Batman's ass until Batman outsmarted him and got the upper hand. And Batman looked our man square in the face and said, you know, because our man has said earlier in the fight that they're the same. And Batman was like, you're right, we are the same. But there's just one difference. I looked into the darkness. I came out stronger, better, faster. I added that part because that's not actually what Batman says. (laughs) But Batman looks at Alvin and says... We both looked into the darkness. And when it looked back, you blinked. And he teleports our man to a different earth with a bomb and a bomb blows. And our man realizing that he's just about to die, he just says, you know what? It doesn't matter. He accepts his death and he dies. You want to enjoy life? Life abundantly? Name of Jesus Christ. He promises life and life in abundance. Life abundantly. Then here's my advice to you. Don't blink. 